thought I want to do a podcast. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, I, I don't want to just do one. It's got to be something that's kind of unique-ish. Like, there's nothing unique about anything these days. Like, <laughs> you know, there's, for fuck's sake, there's like eight Blink-182, like, podcasts out there. Like You always have to go back to that, do, don't you? I do. <laughs> but, like, you know, th- th- someone's already done it before. It is what it is. Like, podcasting has been around for, like, 11, like, as a thing, around for, like, 11 years now. So... There's nothing new in that sense, and in in essence, I'm just interview- I'm just not even interviewing, but just having a conversation with someone, right? But I thought, well, what can I do that's a bit different and a bit more centric to the punk rock umbrella? So, like every time I do something, it's like, well, how can I incorporate a band that I like, okay, their song or something to do with them into the title? And so I was going through Descendants songs just because that's usually my first go to for whatever reason. Um, and I was just looking through it and I was like, my age, that's interesting. And then I thought like, I thought it kind of distorted it, but didn't really think too much of it. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to interview someone. And on ABC, there's this guy named Richard Feidler and he did this show called Conversations. Conversations with Richard Feidler. He get weird and wonderful people on from fucking any point, like any, there was no common theme to it. He'd get a hiker, like a guy who's climbed Everest and then a brain surgeon and then a composer. Like there was no common thing. They were just people with interesting stories. In the stories, they he, they talk about their life, and they'd throw in three different songs. The songs had nothing to do with their life, but it was just to kind of mix it up a bit. So it wasn't just an hour of conversation. It'd be fifteen minutes a song, fifteen minutes a song, fifteen minutes a song, finish. And I was like, that's really good because like you can you can find out about this person, and then you can hear music and hear it through their ears from their reference point with with that kind of context. I was like, maybe if I did something like I spoke to friends about their life and kind of pointed it in the direction, like, and kind of, yeah, spoke to friends about their life and then incorporated songs that they like. That was my idea. I was like, that's cool, but, like, everyone changes. Like, my favourite song five years ago was different than my favourite song ten years ago and it's probably going to be different next year. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I was like, well, maybe I could do it like when we talk about their life and then we pick different songs from their life. So as I'm going through these Descendant songs of like, again, first port of call was the sense because they've got a big back catalogue and you can always kind of pull something from it. Well, and they I, talk a lot about age too, right? Well, they talk a lot about growing up. So and- that's the thing. Like the, so I was like, oh, parents. Okay, cool. Song. Um, I don't want to grow up. Okay, that's cool. And so, like, I found these songs that were written from the perspective of, like, different ages. Or not different, yeah, with, like, an age reference in the title. So, like... Different points of life, different yeah. parts of the timeline. So, parent, So I, 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 it was kind of... Then it dominoed. Then it really dominoed. So, it was like, I found parents. I found I don't want to grow up. I found my dad sucks. I found what would it be like when I get old and my age. So, like... And they were very, like, obvious age-related things. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe if I talk to someone and get and, – and go, okay, well, parents, so what did your parents do? Like, what was happening when you were younger? Okay, and then, like, I don't want to grow up. So, like, that's written from a sense of, like, an eight-year-old kid, like, na 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 Yeah. So, like, that's a really young thing. So, like, yeah, well, when you're eight, what do you listen to? Because that's kind of really when you first experience music on a conscious level. <clears throat> yeah. That, like more than just a background thing. Yeah. And then, so I, okay, and then like, 
what's the next big pivotal point? I guess like my dad sucks. Like kids go through a rebellious age where they're like, fuck you, dad. Like you're not the, he's the boss of me, but like you're not the boss of me and I'm fucking on my own thing and I'm carving my own path at 13. You think that 13 to 15, you think you're top of the world. And then like, so there are these five distinct points where I was just like, well, that's, they're pretty crucial points in everybody's life. I could probably make something of this. And so I kind of wrote it all out and then emailed a couple of friends and said, I think I want to do this thing. Like, do you want to have a chat and we'll see if we can pull something off? And so that's how it all, and then so like my age was like, it summed it up because right, right. where I, like, this is where I was at, at my age. That's pretty interesting because like, like obviously I knew my age and I just thought, oh, well, that's like kind of just, you know, a, a clever like pull in, you know, to to the topic you already had in mind. But yeah. like to understand that that came from like several songs from the yep. same band that like kind of really outlined your entire your entire show. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And so like I try not to say to people like when I before I do the podcast, one of the things I talk about when I do an episode with someone, one of the things I talk about is like. Here's the five points. Here's those five like basic talking points, but you don't need to reference the sentence. But like instead of calling it point one, I call it parents. Yeah, right. Instead of point two, it's I don't want to grow up. Like it's that kind of that's how it all kind of ties together. Yeah, it's got. But besides that, it's got nothing to do with the descendants. It's just a it's just a tie in that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept because I think, you know, like as people, we all have our own story, Yeah, correct. Right? but like at the same time, like we've all come at, you know, we've all come at life from experience. Right. Yeah. And like to have like music and songs define like a certain experience. Yeah. Like I think people that are really into music, like that's almost like it, it's, it's such a quick connection. Absolutely. Right? It's like right yeah. there. It's yeah. like, I, I think of a time and there's a song for that, you know, it's soundtrack yeah. of our lives, Absolutely. right? In, in essence. And what, what I've learned is that your, your reality isn't the truth. And right. it's, it's a hard kind of, it's a hard concept to grab because people are so, can be so opinionated about something and it's not even about opinions, but it's just like, there's similarities between everything you and someone else does. Yeah. But then there's striking differences as well. Like, so did you think like, did you think that people would have as varied stories as they do? Or did you think it would be as easy to draw these things out of people as maybe it is, or maybe I'm overstepping. Maybe it's not no, no. easy to draw this stuff out of people. Um, so one thing I learned pretty quick is that people don't think they want to talk about themselves until they talk, until they start talking about themselves. But I think like within this kind of, uh, you know, this kind of a formula yeah. that like it becomes easy to talk about yourself because your point of focus is that song as opposed yeah. to like, you know, this is me at this stage. Yeah. Like that kind of comes as the, the periphery to where you're going. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think it's clever in the sense that like you've created a focus that isn't about the individual, no, but they have to right. talk about the in individual to get there. But but saying that, like, as well, again, back to the, like, you know, your reality isn't the only reality. Like, what you might think is a null and void, you know, just a not interesting point of conversation about your life. Other people will sit back and go, that's fucking insane. The engaging thing is, like, yeah, like, I think the, the reason that people keep listening is because just because it's a childhood doesn't mean it's not interesting. Yeah. You know, just because you think your parents aren't, just because your parents were like your parents are all you've ever known as parents and one worked and one didn't or like whatever it doesn't mean that like then they don't have their special thing that resonates differently to someone else like 
another guest I've had on, Mark Muldrow, who was on a couple of episodes back, um, late 20s-ish, like late tw- episode late 20s. I can't think of exactly what one it was, but his dad went to jail for a few years, but was an immigrant from some other country and had this amazing story. And for him, it was just like, it's just my dad. I'm sitting there going, yeah, I know your dad. I never would have known he went to jail. And yeah. it wasn't over something heavy. It was like, yeah. I mean, not that jail isn't anything to be kind of laughed at, but it was, like it was car theft or something. Right. And you just, go, yeah, whatever. Like, I think the parents thing is my favorite part because yeah, okay. I think the parents are the ones that, I mean, either consciously or unconsciously, you know, they write that blueprint for you in essence, it right? Definitely like, laid out, yeah. Like, here's where, here's where we've set you up to go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we all start to make our own decisions, but yeah. like, like I think for me, you know, like my parents grew me up on the beach boys and yeah. that's still very much a part of how I listen to music today yeah. because it was just blueprinted into me. Yeah. It doesn't mean I listen to the beach boys nonstop every day, but like melody is so important to Key me to in, in yeah. listening to music, right? Like yeah. if there's no melody there, I can't connect, Yeah, you know? So sense. I think that, that part of it is my favorite is yeah. hearing like how, and it could be like, in in my story that's pretty obvious but i think for some of the ones i've listened to on your podcast like you know it's not so obvious yeah it's like oh there was no music and then i became like involved in 19 bands which is even more interesting to me because it's like well what what made you do it yeah like how did you you know you're yeah you've been playing in bands and you're about to release your fourth solo album or whatever but your parents didn't play music. Yeah. Like, that's so wild. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because you've had like higher profile people on the podcast and yep. then you've had people that, you know, like th- the majority of people don't know of, right? Like outside I mean, of Australia. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot exactly. of people don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Or, you know, just people that, 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 you know, personally. Right. Yeah. Um, so like when you've got that contrast of, of two very different types of people, you know, somebody who's used to, or kind of used to being, you know, in the spotlight, yep. you know, through music. Um, and then you've got somebody who maybe isn't as used to or or accustomed to it. Um, do you find it's, it's the same, like in terms of like, I guess what I'm getting at is, is somebody who's higher profile. Um, they probably, you know, don't talk about these kinds of things within their life as much. And that's how I pitch it. But do they get excited about doing something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest guess I've had is Joey Cape from Lagwagon. I'm not, I'm not sure if we, he said it on the podcast or we said it just before we recorded, but he's like, I've done 5,000 interviews, 5, 000, about 5,000 interviews. And one day I just rang up Fat Records and said, don't ask. I'm not interested because I'm not. Like, what can I talk, like, in regards to Lagwagon? What's your favorite Lagwagon yeah, album? Like, what was Lagwagon the process from? Yeah, writing, yeah, yeah. writing trash? What was different? Well, yeah, but right. even like the new stuff, like, what was your inspiration behind the new album? Right. Well, just listen to it. Like, just listen. Have well, because like, music's so subjective, right? Yeah. Like, an artist doesn't want to tell you what to think. I yeah. mean, and that gets a little bit arty too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, okay. But so- We don't have to get into that. Yeah. But. So, but when he was like, when we had the conversation, he was like, oh, we're going to talk about me? Like, Randall Cape? Like, the person, not the singer of Lagway. I mean, you know, he's he's got the stories, don't get me wrong. But like, I want to know, like, I want to know, he, like his mum threw out, he had, he had a collection of like Ray Pettibon, um, fly, like original Ray Pettibon flyers from black flag shows he used to go to back in the early eighties. And they were so, he used to hide them in his drawer because they were so confronting. They were fucking brutal. Like for the most of the time, yeah, they were fucking brutal. Like, 
And so he hid them and his mum found them and threw them out. Nowadays, like an original Ray Pedowan fly is like worth a hundred, any, well, you know, like if a small shitty one was like a hundred dollars and they go up from there. But he just wanted them because he just loved them because that was his, that was him documenting it. But I doubt anyone's ever, like I doubt anyone's ever dragged, not dragged it out of him in this conversation, but I doubt anyone's ever said like, hey, what happened, you know, in those early, everyone goes, in those early years of Lagwagon, not in those early years of Joey Cape. And so like, I think he was really excited to to be able to be like, hey, we're going to talk about Lagwagon, but not, not the recording process or this, this and that. Like, we were going to talk about how his life was affected by Lagwagon. Does it become difficult in the sense that like, you've got somebody's life story in front of you yeah. and you know, you've got to you somehow, you know, pull the best parts, um, maybe get rid of some of the fat, do a little bit of trimming. Is that a hard sense of responsibility to have that and like, be like, you know, I don't want to cut something that somebody might've felt was really important, but I felt was like a little bit extraneous. Like, I mean, you're the one telling the story ultimately. So for, <clears throat> As of this day, I've done I've released thirty one, and they're pretty much like the so the only thing I edit is me saying um and yeah, that's which all, is a lot, which is fucking heaps. <laughs> so okay, so let's take that further then. So yeah, the conversation is what the conversation is, literally. Okay, but like, do you feel like um, I mean as as a listener, as a producer, like, cause I know some of the episodes are pretty long. Yeah. Do you think that so. there's um, a detriment within that? Probably. Yeah. Probably. But, but it doesn't matter. But it, but it can work. Right. Like it's proven it can work. Cause I mean, when you look at like now that podcasts are getting like, you know, um, like people are finding the science behind it, right? What's yeah, successful? Okay. How, how many do you need a month for it yeah. to be successful? For that how yeah. many, how many minutes does it need to be, yeah. you know, that people are, are like the metrics are there, yeah. right? In terms of like, and, and it's only getting more and more in depth as time goes yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. So does that play a factor into your production? Like, no. I mean, uh, if, if you knew you, you could garner another thousand let's just throw a number out another yeah. thousand listeners or double hypothetically double sure or whatever yeah yeah if you cut it to you know half of what you're putting out no. would that be something that you would do or i i just feel like that's not fair to their story yeah because if they didn't think it was a relevant part of their story they wouldn't have said it right so i think that's kind of yeah i think that's that's um just disrespectful to the person right to the person i'm talking to right um but I always, I'm always up front with everyone. Like literally before we hit record, I always say to people, "This is I can edit this. If you tell a story or you say something or whatever, and then you wake up in a cold sweat in three nights time thinking, fuck, I shouldn't have said that, message me, I'll take it out. Otherwise, as a podcast goes, as an episode goes, sometimes I go for an hour and a quarter. Sometimes I go for three hours. Because that's the person's story. And I'd like to think, and I, like I, I know that it doesn't happen because I do it myself, but I'd like to think that if you're on board with it, you're trusting my judgment as a curator right. to, yeah, you're trusting my judgment as a curator to be like, no, this person's story is worth listening to. Like I know it says two hours and 46 minutes, but give it a go. Like it is, it is, a, it is a vest, an, an investment of your time that will pay off from some kind of enjoyment. Who's somebody you haven't interviewed yet? And maybe not somebody you've reached out to, but let's just say, hey, Joel, you have your pick. Who would it be? My first is Aaron from Fat Records. Okay. Hand on heart, top of the list. 
because I feel like she's been so underrepresented in such a monstrous movement with her story and with her involvement. Everybody knows who she is, but no one knows a thing about her. And like, I, I, I think it's weird when I talk, oh, not weird, but like I'll talk to, I've spoken to some of my best friends about like on the podcast and then at the end of it gone, holy fuck, I didn't know that about that. Like, I did not know that about you. Like, because you don't really talk about your younger life when you meet someone in your, in your, in your, in your 20s. You don't really talk about what happened when you're younger. It's like, oh, he grew up here and he, that's his parents and they're still together or they're not together or whatever. And that's all I need to know. So like, I just look at her and go, no one, no one seems to have talked to her about her in general, but the monstrous effect she's had on so many musicians' lives, which then in turn had a monster, a monstrous effect on a lot of other people's lives with music. Sure, and like, where does the blueprint come to create that? Yeah, right. Like, and you know, not not to sound like I'm putting shit on him, but everyone knows everything about Fat Mike. He wrote it in a book. Sure, he didn't do. He never like for a longer time. He didn't do interviews. He wrote the book. There's nothing more you really need to know. I mean, it's all there. But her story hasn't been told and not that mine will ever reach the masses on any way, shape or form. But for my my selfish interests and for the interests of people who, who get who get this and enjoy what I do, I think she's the she would be the ultimate guest. Cool. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. Um like when when you do these these podcasts, um, I mean, I think every episode I've ever listened to, somebody throws out some bizarre song, and you're right there with it. You're like, "Oh yeah, I know that song." Or yeah. You get a little excited. Yeah. Uh, over a song over like a you never thought was yeah. gonna, you know, pop up. Yep. Is there one that comes to mind that like you were like, "I have no idea what you're talking about," and then maybe you were blown away a little bit, like the, either in a good or bad way. The one I was blown, the one that still blows me away and I use as a reference for every other podcast I've done ever since that was one of the earlier episodes, like would have been in the top 10, like top 10 episodes, first 10 episodes somewhere, was a, a guy named Paul Vogue who um, played in a couple of bands, owned a record store in Brisbane <clears throat> and actually is a, is a wedding celebrant and he officiated Nicole on my wedding in 2012. Um his first song was a Bing Crosby oh, yeah, Hawaiian Christmas, Christmas song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like <laughs> let's do this because that's but to him that was his that was his reality. Right. Wasn't mine. Right. Fuck was nowhere near mine. And I'm sure it was like that for many other people. But that one I was like, okay, like this is what this is this is where we started. Because that that's that's what it is. And like I and People, I think people would realize um, if people were trying to fake the funk, like, and be like, "Oh, well, my parent, my parents listened to the MC5." It's like, yeah, they probably didn't. Right. Like, don't try to outcool everybody because they probably didn't. And like that brutal honesty of like, yeah, no, this is when I think of music around my household, I can't even pronounce the song, but the Bing Crosby Hawaiian Christmas song is the first thing that comes to mind because of this, 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 and that, and it's like. Let's go. Isn't it Malakaliki Maka? Yeah. I, yeah. Look, your, your Polynesian is a lot better than mine. <laughs> who uh, knew? Yeah. Who, who knew? knew? Yeah, you're closer. Is it? Yeah. I guess it would be. We're nine hours. You'd yeah. be about five. So well, that's when we, we take Polynesian in school 
uh, in Canada as well. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you're joking or not with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so like with, I mean, in the beginning, I'm sure it was like, you know, let's get some friends together. Um, cause you know, that'll be easy, right? Like yep. somebody would be like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. You yeah. know, that sounds like a good time. Yep. But I mean, you know, you've done how many now? Like you're over 30. Uh, um, when I get home, I'll release episode 32. Okay. So you've done 32 episodes. I think it, it, at this point it's probably safe to say that like, you know, you're, you're maybe your wish list of, of who you want yeah. is becoming a little bit more, um, I, not sophisticated. That's not the right word, yeah. but you know, uh, selective, let's say that. Yeah. So like what, what goes into that, that process of like, this is who I want next, or this is who I'm reaching out to, or, um, or people reaching out to you. Like, like how do those, cause I mean, like you said, right? Like I'm going to spend two plus hours with yeah. you and somebody else, you know, and chances are, I don't know this person. Yeah. So yeah. what makes a good story? Like, how do you know, that their story is going to be worth listening to. And I don't mean that to sound negative yeah, no, no, I agree. or yeah, like, yeah. you know, that there's boring people out there. Cause yeah. I do truly and honestly believe that everybody has a story, yeah. but at the same time, not everybody is designed to talk on a podcast at length. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I have kind of, I have like a two tier list and not tiered as in like, I've got a and B, but I shouldn't call a and B because it's like, not saying the A's are better than the B's, but like the A's are like the wish lists, like as in, hey, it would be great to get Tim Barry or something like that. Sure. Right. Who's obviously got stories, obviously got, you know, lived a life. But let's take them out of the mix. Yeah, yeah, cool. Let's take like, you know, so, musicians that, that people would automatically yep. pick up and go to. Let's go to the list of, so I get what you mean with A and B. Yeah, a yep. being people that, you know, everybody knows yep. and B being people that you know. Yeah. So let's so, let's just focus on the B list. So the Bs, I basically put it down to, um, I have this, um, it's not a hard and fast rule, but my thought is if you're still doing, doing something artistically creative, if you've got an artistically creative outlet that's rather prominent in your life, it doesn't have to be like the everything of your life, but if you've got something if you yeah, if you've got something that you can kind of be like, hey, like I'm an adult, like I'm a quote unquote adult now, and I'm some I'm in my whatever age I'm at, um, and I've still got something that I kind of hold on to. That's my little outlet. I think, well, you've probably got some stories. You because I find like maybe it's me being a now I don't know how to put this. There's nothing wrong with becoming. Like there's nothing wrong with being 21 and thinking I'm at an age now where I need to settle down. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Like I've got friends who did it, you know, married at 21, kids at 23, off you go. Sure. Fantastic. That it do you. That's unreal. Because at the end of the day, your retirement's probably going to be better than mine. Because you did the fucking work. Yeah, right. This asshole worked at like <laughs> subways whilst right. he was playing in bands. Right. You know, and worked cash jobs whilst he was playing in bands. And I think to myself, chances are if you're living your dream with a minimal wage, you're probably gonna have better stories. You're more interesting stories, not better stories, more interesting stories 
than someone who goes to – I can't think of a, a, a um, Canadian equivalent, but like for Australia, if your family trip every year is to Bali or Bali or Fiji, like that's fantastic. You do you, but to me that's fucking boring. Right. Like so if you're still doing something in your 30s where you're still engaged in some kind of artistic creative outlet – then chance are you're going to have a good story. Gotcha. So like my rule of thumb is, yeah, like if you're still going with it, I'll probably one day give you a call. It might be tomorrow. It might be in two months time or whatever, or two years time. But I'm interested to hear because you can kind of, your story, your interesting, and I'm sure people have interesting stories that don't play music, right? Or that don't, aren't artists. Yeah. Like, in, in, so I'm, yeah, but I mean- like, it's a roll of the dice. If you speak to someone and go, yeah, I used to play in a band when I was 20 and then I stopped when I was 23 and then I was married at 25 and now I've got three beautiful kids and one's about to graduate high school. Fantastic. Like, I don't know if I can I can gain interest in that because, yeah, like, I don't I, know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, you know, just that continuation, right? That, yeah. that not all of us, um, not all of us want to, not all of us have that, that in us, right. To, yeah. to continue kind of those, those young ideas. I think even listening to punk rock for some people is like young, yeah. you know, quote unquote, yeah. young, young behavior. Right. Absolutely. Like I, I'm sure if I, I'm sure that if I spoke to people that I went to high school with, who I st- still keep in contact with quote unquote via Facebook as in they're there, they'd be like, Oh, you're going to Vegas. You're like, you're going to this hotel, like you're going to gamble. Da, da, da. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to see bands for four days. They'd be like, I don't get it. Right. Like what I was saying last night, like that's like saying what's one plus potato. <laughs> like I can't get Which my, is my new favorite yeah, quote. Like, by the way. Know, like it, they can't wrap their head around that equation. <laughs> like you're going to Las Vegas, not drinking that much, not gambling. You're going to see bands right. that you listen to that are, 30 plus years old that you listened to 25 years ago you're going to do that are you okay yeah. and that's cool because they probably look at me and think that's fucking weird and i go that's cool because this is my reality and you do you you go to bali take your kids they're beautiful like have a great time <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that yeah 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 when you decided to start doing a podcast yeah i mean what was what was that like? I mean, you talked about the interest in terms of like the conversation or, or how, yeah, like how you how you wanted to construct it. Yep. But like, why? Like, w- what was it in your life at this time where you were like, you know what? I yeah. think that this this can, medium is for me. I can pinpoint it down to my my wife and I finding out we we're going to have a, a kid. Literally, that <clears throat> I was like, oh, I want to do something still. So, what are you doing at that point? You're married, you and your wife are about to have a kid. Yep. Like right before that moment, right before that 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 fucking page around, turns. Fucking around what are you bands, doing? Okay. Just doing you're doing bands. How many bands have you been in? Like in your life, could you even say? Bands that have played like more let's let's Yeah, not for it. a day, but like maybe you've yeah, yeah. you've so played some shows with. Recorded a demo or da da da. Yeah, so um probably about I'd, off the top of my head I'd probably say about eight. Okay, that's a fair few. Yeah, seven, six to eight. Yeah, like I could, and we're yeah. talking like committed bands. Like we're not talking like oh, yeah, we got together for a couple jams. Like yeah, these and are then, committed. And then finish. Yeah, like we're gonna write songs. We're gonna do the thing. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, probably about six to eight. Yeah, um, varying degrees of success. Sure. You know it is what it is, um, but 
yeah, like when I found out my what <clears throat> my wife knew she was pregnant before I did because that's that's, that's biology. That's biology. Number yeah. one. Like I was there, <laughs> but she knew. All right. Um, and so I was like, I can't. I, I still want to have it. I still want to have a creative style of outlet. Sure. I can't be burning money on. Oh, okay, twenty dollars band prac, and oh, you're driving just like you're driving an hour and a half to play in front of four people, and it's going to cost you thirty dollars in petrol. And you're going to be home, like, and you, you know, you're not going to be home till one o'clock in the morning or whatever. Like, I kind of, I need to just slow that down for a while, not quit it, just bring it back. So I was like, well, if I could do a, like, maybe a podcast when I can do, when I need to, like, it won't, once I've got the initial outlay, it won't really, it won't really cost me any money. Um, I can do it when it's convenient, like, okay, you're going to go to bed, that's cool. I'm going to go have a conversation with this person. Like, it's not affecting anything. That was the, that was the kind of, that That was like, okay, this is this is the time I should do it. This is, it's worked out now that this would be the best time to kind of look into this and and start thinking about if you're going to, what you want to do. And it's interesting, um, the first one I ever recorded was with Moke for some reason. Like, I, not for some reason, but like, I had four people that I wanted to speak to first. Okay. Three of them were podcasters, Team Nate, Team Moke, not in any particular order, just because oh, you're in front of me. there was a particular order. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> there was a very particular order. Aaron Osborne, who does the Oblivious Maximus podcast, which he doesn't do anymore, which is a damn shame because it was great. Yeah. And Michael, An- Michael Anderson, who drummed in Irrelevant and a band called Last Nerve and a bunch of other bands as well from Sydney um, because he was one of my best friends. Like, I don't have a best friend. I don't have best friends. I think it's sure. really- ex- like You have friends. Yeah. No, no, no. Good but friends, I, but I haven't. Friends. What I, I, have, I have, what I consider an inner circle. Okay, and yeah. he is part of that inner circle. Cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I recorded Mick first <clears throat> because I was like, Mick will be gentle with me. <laughs> Mick will understand that right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but neither does he. Right. And we'll just go through it and see what happens, kind of thing. And if it works, it works. And if, but if it's going weird, he'll kind of help me out, and you know, kind of not laugh at me and go, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like da 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 da. Anyhow, so. The, and then the second one I recorded, I feel like it was with Moke, and it was on a Sunday night. So I don't know how that works. It must have been Sunday morning there or something, or like in Canada or something. Oh, it was Sunday probably morning. like a week before. It was probably Christmas yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was recorded on a Sunday night, and Nicole came in to me. So I'd st- the podcast, like I'd, I'd start again time in the bank, and I've still got the recording of it because I've saved everything. Um, and Nicole walks in the room and just goes, said something like, "Oh." I'm not feeling well. I've just, I've called the doctors. They've said this, this, and that. Like, I've got to check this out. And like, Moke heard, Moke heard it all through the microphone and goes, if we, you want to stop this, it's all good. And I just go, give me 10 seconds. I ran up to Nicole, spoke to her. And she's like, no, no, keep going. Like, but just know that I'm not feeling great and we might have to go to the hospital. Finished recording. She was fine. Next morning, she wakes up. I go to, well, no, next morning, I wake up. I go to work. She calls me as I'm walking to work, goes, my water just broke. And I was like, cool, bang, off we go. And so like, it was really weird. Like that was the, as the podcast were getting in the bank, the baby was born. Wow. So, yeah. So we're at Punk Rock Bowling. We are. In Las Vegas. We are. 
Um, and we always like to do a top five list at the end of this thing, cool. right? You know, to keep the, the whole theme going, yep. connect it all. To tie it all up. Tie it all up into a nice, pretty package. Yep. Or as pretty as we can make it. Well, you know, we do the best of what we've got. I mean, got. you can put lipstick on yeah. a pig, right? She's still a pig. Yeah. You um, polish a turd, she's still a turd. That's right. So, uh, let's, let's, let's define that top five list. And I think the top five list should be what are the top five bands you've seen here this weekend? Okay. And, uh, Sorry, go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, let's keep it simple with that. Yep. Top five bands this weekend at punk rock bowling, Las Vegas, 2019. Are we going to go with full disclosure? Full disclosure. We are on day three of uh, day three of the proper festival. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do six. Only because, oh, yeah. because I'm team mode. Team mode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming no, because I'm assuming the hives are going to be in the top five. Okay, so I'm going to put them as like. So as part of that full disclosure, yeah. we haven't quite like I'm leaving early tomorrow yep. morning. This is our only shot at doing this, yep. and we haven't seen the hive, the hives, not yep. the high fives. The high They're fives. not playing yep. next year <laughs> on on the third stage. Big sta- third day, <laughs> third stage. They'll be on the third stage. Oh right, yeah. The, the bedrooms, the one the, they set up the for themselves sta- yeah. outside. Yeah. Well, that's well, we're here now. Then oh, the mic's not here. No, we're not here now. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So we haven't seen the hives and we haven't seen uh, the specials. Yep. Uh, and I think that's that's who you're here to see today, right? Today, that yeah, that yeah, was okay. what I, which kind of outs me because that's basically saying, you know, I I'm not fast on teenage boys. Nobody's right? looking at the lineup. Oh, it's cool. Fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's cool because I wouldn't. Yeah, that's fine. We'll be lucky so, if this comes out before Christmas. To be quite honest with you. Well, Christmas is only the last week in Australia. <laughs> that's how weird the time difference works. So, top um, five. Full disclosure: there's two bands still left to see, but yep. I'll, I'll leave it to you. So I'm just gonna. So, without fail. Yeah. I, I'm gonna have two number ones because I can't separate them, and then I'll have three, right. four, and five. Right. Okay. <laughs> number one. Mark one, yeah, and number one, Mark two, yeah. Number one, Mark one. Was you realize that's one and two. Yeah, right? I know. Okay. I can't fucking. It's like having column A and column B with guest requests. Like, you just you have like, to be fair. You know you what? Have to couch it. I've got it. I've got it right. Okay. Go number on. one yeah. on the big stage. Ah, uh, big stage. Yeah, was rancid. Okay, I mean that's a given. Yeah, yeah. that show is unbelievable. So obviously, for people who haven't, who don't know us as intimately as we know us, yeah, which um, is a few. There is a few, yeah, there will be a few. Um, I met Nate in 1998 when my pop punk band Ballpark were trying to, quote unquote, and I'm using big, quote unquote, air quotes, shop around our demo to international <laughs> labels across the world in a time when I don't know how you'd used to search for stuff prior to Bing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how the fuck it's Bing, fine. bringing yeah. the internet closer to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So, like, I got in contact with a bunch of labels. One of them was in Canada called Corrupt Records. One of the guys in Corrupt Records wrote back and said, hey, one of the other guys in Corrupt Records is on his way to Australia right now. Give me your number. I'll pass it on. You can hang out. Business trips. Business trips, yeah. yeah. International scouting. <laughs> um, the the head of the, the Australian, the corrupt guy who was heading to Australia, his name was Nate Lewitt. He's sitting in front of me right across from me right now. Hey, Gan. Hey, Gan. Um, 
he when he was 18 and I was 16 again for full disclosure he tried to proposition me into the dirty part of the city on. on a Wednesday night procurement of a 16 year old boy <laughs> I think it's illegal but I also think the statute of limitations has well and truly passed and I wouldn't press charges anyhow so that's Jesus. okay <laughs> no. so anyhow Nate and I met in 98 just so happened to be that when he was out Ransom were playing we got tickets to it. You would have seen them twice on that tour, didn't you? You were. Did you see them twice on that tour or uh, just once? No, I think just once. Okay. So they played one all eight show in their whole Australian tour. I went and picked up. I'm sure. I, f- I feel like I went and picked you up, but maybe I didn't. Oh, I picked you up for the Walt tour. Uh, okay. The next year. Um, but so Nate and I went to a Rancid in 98, and it was the last time Rancid have ever come to Australia. And so it's 21 years ago. The the humorous reason for that is um, because when Brody Dahl broke up with Tim Armstrong and w- went off with Josh Homme, Tim Armstrong went, you represent Australia, fuck you, Australia, and never came back out. The realistic reason for them never coming back out is <clears throat> because he could drive any, like he could drive three hours north or south of where he lives and play three shows there and sell them all out and get as many people as you would in Australia and then could drive home and not have jet lag and not have any dramas of travel. For sure. Him. Yeah. That's a real reason. He but I feel like somebody could probably give Stacks a cash if they really wanted them to come, right? They've been offered $1 million. And still no. And shut it down. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's a combination. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So last night was special. That was magic. Yeah. Sorry, the other night was special. But like because it was rancid, but because it was like- the first time we'd seen each other in so long. Yeah. We had a bunch of friends around. Yeah. We all were on the same page as us. Yeah. It was just, it was insane. It's one of those moments you just cannot replicate. At all. And like, is just chock full of all kinds of feelings. And it's, it's, it was also exciting because, you know, it's, it's very few and far between that I get excited over a band anymore. And this is going to sound really fucking lame, but like we went and saw the Descendants last night and- it was great. Sure. I yeah. had I did not have an ounce of excitement for it. Right. Because I was like, hey, they'll probably come back in a year's time. Right. Like they'll they'll come back. The supply like, and demand. Yeah. The, the ratios there. are out. Yeah. Yeah. Rancid, there was no supply. There yeah. was there was demand, baby, but yeah. there was no supply. Yeah. So it was like the planets aligned and it was a spiritual event. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't have played a better set. They played it was really well. Yeah. The crowd was Lacked into it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like it was great, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's that it's that um, you know the the elders of punk rock, yeah, right. You know, performing and bringing all the different the, you know members of the punk rock United Nations you, together, that's right? From all parts of yeah, from all parts of the punk rock map, yeah. The yeah, the punk. What do you call that thing where they have like the center and then it all splinters off, like like a pie chart? Not a pie chart. <laughs> There's a fucking a family word. tree. Family tree is not even. So there's something in the center. Yeah. And then it's like, and then there's this. There's like hardcore punk and there's pop punk and there's this. And then there's variations of that. Yeah. I know what like you're talking about. Like a brainstorming about. thing. Yeah. And yeah. They're, at the, they're at the nucleus nucleus of it. Yeah. And they, yeah, they unite everybody. Yeah. Because like a festival like this, like, I mean, you go to your local show, you don't see the, you don't see as many of the, the factions of punk rock at all. All come out to yeah. one show, right? Like, yeah because there's so many bands, because there's so many different genres, because there's so many different people coming from all different parts of the world, mm-hmm. you know, to see this show, you have so many different factions. Yep. 
right? Like you could see it on like, and everyone has like a representative, right? Like, and, and the look and, and yep. all that sort of the, stuff. It's the, the cosplay outfit. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, so, so Rancid gets the first seat. No, Rancid gets the first seat on the main stage. Oh, uh, we're not doing two separate lists though, are we? No, 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 but we're having okay. two number ones. Oh, right. And the way to keep them on the same peg okay, is main so stage, stage and small stage. It's going to be drug church. It will be drug church. Yeah. Absolutely. So in a time when it's harder for me to to find new music, yeah. let alone get excited by new music, Drug Church released their album Cheer last year and it fucking floored me. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it didn't have the same, I completely understand that it doesn't have the same reaction because it's the beauty of music in general. It's all it, subjective. It's all subjective and stuff will hit you like it differently to what it hits other people. Everyone's reality is different. But this fucking hit me at a time and the only really other, it's, it's happened to a few other bands with me. The National was another big one. Not that the National have anything to do with this weekend. Wow. But the National, their, a couple of albums ago called Trouble Will Find Me, hit me at a time when I was, I was so, my, I was aligned to hit this album head on. Right. Everything in my life was ready to hit this album head on. The same thing happened with Drug Shirts' cool. Cheer album. It just all lined up. I love that. And it just made so much sense to me. And I got so excited, so excited about it. So excited. I couldn't believe it. Like, felt like a fucking. And they delivered. And they delivered. That yeah. was the best part. But, like, I felt like a 16 year old kid when I was 16. And Paul Miller, who's here with us now, like, not here with us physically, but like, who's at the festival with us, who I came out with. Yeah. Gave me ribbed. Yeah. Like, and I'd heard, you know, I was into no effects. And he's like, this is the one you should be starting on. Ribbed. Gave it to me for my birthday present. And I was like, Holy fuck. Like, this is everything. So, yeah, Drug Shirts, um, I just couldn't, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Yeah. Um, I also have this re really, like, to hand in hand with the album. The singer is very, sometimes to his detriment, is very transparent. <clears throat> As in, like, he does two podcasts weekly. One is called Axe to Grind. He, um, he, it's a hardcore podcast. It talks about particularly American hardcore. They'll talk about things, shows that are coming up, albums that are coming out, bands that are hot, demos that are hot, labels that are doing cool things, whatever. And then he does this other podcast called Worst Possible Timeline, which started out as something that had like an actual aim and purpose. Okay. And not that it doesn't, but like had a different aim and purpose. And now it's morphed into the singers what's the singer up to at the moment and like him and his best friend just shooting the shit which is a really which can be really hard to listen to if you don't if you're not in on the joke or like in on the jokes okay but he's really transparent so like i think another reason the album hit me so hard was because I, I was like i know a lot about this guy right and now the album's out so it just makes sense it's like yeah. you're let in on it all was, the it was all the secrets another point of context right. like another thing of context that just made it that much more obvious right yeah cool couldn't wipe the smile off my face the second time they played the first time they played <sighs> they got on fucking 20 minutes early i Which, caught the last two songs and was no was favors to anybody heartbroken yeah but also again couldn't wipe the smile off my face it was like it was i felt i felt 16 again seeing no effects for the first time or seeing Pennywise or whoever, like yeah. seeing Rants at that shit venue. Yeah. But it didn't matter. Yeah. It was because that this thing. was the band. Yeah. Like they, they're there now doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's awesome, you know, to, to be, you know, in our 
later thirties yeah. and still have a band that can impact you that way. Still get, ex- right? still get so excited. About yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. So. so number two, number three, Oh, we're going to go number three. Now we can just do three, four, five. Yeah, now we can just do three, four, five. Good man. So, um, <sighs> number three, I'm going to have to go because it was such a surprise. Yeah. I'm going to have to go refused. Yeah, you can. Yeah. 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 We're going to go refused. And Mike would like, um, it's Mike. Nate would like to tra- take credit for this. We're the same person. Yeah, you are. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah the, yeah, the same person. Trapped in one one beautiful Canadian body. Make. Yeah, make. Um, Noke. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so Refuse, I thought I always knew they were going to be good, but I was always just stupidly standoffish because I can be a fucking- um, Snob. A, and a snob. I was going to say an elitist when it comes to music. Yeah, same because, thing. Yeah, because um, I think that- a lot of people who listen to who who say they like them are, are they actually just like like it's like when people go oh, I love Black Flag no, no you love the logo right and rise above right you don't love Black Flag like you know you you love you love new noise right and you love watching new you love new, when new noise comes on when you're watching Friday Night Lights right that's what you love like. And so I was so standoffish with that kind of thing <clears throat> because as messages go, they're st- well, they still incorporate that message into their day to you know, or I assume into their day to day, but definitely in their music. They just happen to write a song that, in my opinion, is the smells like teen spirit of hardcore punk. Yeah. Like it transcended yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything. Like as a performance went, that would be number one. Like oh, if yeah. you just took yeah, but like uh, yeah, obviously number one has has got central the number one spots have central range reasons as sure. well. As a performance went, it was fucking flawless. Yeah, the dude would be pushing fifty and dance more than most twenty year olds. Yeah, from start to finish. Yeah, except for that one bit where he sat. They put that sample and he sat down and crossed his legs, but he wasn't resting. No. He was just letting everyone else tune up and he went, well, I may as well sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Let everyone have a little break. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, you guys have a break too. Yeah, yeah. Right? The intermission. Reflect on that yeah. for a minute. Absorb it, yeah. process it. Yeah. And then we'll come back. So. Good pick. That was, yeah, Excellent. that was pretty fantastic. Another band who have got, who, who were great, quote unquote great, but there was more nostalgia attached to it was definitely both times we saw H2O. Yeah. Um, H2O have been this really weird band throughout my life where they've always been a, I've always really really liked them but they've always been part of or hit, been part of something really influential or pivotal or in my life and they've just they've always put on the same show which is great like it's not a dis, it's not a diss it's just like it's the same show they do, they do their thing and they do it great yeah but they've always played a part of what I consider some of my favorite ever shows. So like I've seen them. So my wife and I, when we're on our honeymoon, we come to the US and on the last couple of nights we're on our honeymoon, they happen to be playing with the Bad Brains at this at this club in, in Hollywood. So we saw them and it's an, it was only, it was one of those only in Hollywood stories would this ever happen. They played their encore, they played the set, then they did their encore. And as they're doing the encore, like, before they started, they were changing the drum kit. And I was like, oh, they must have broken it. 
being a being a technical nerd who would pay attention to something like this, I'm watching them change the drums, the snare. I was like, oh, maybe they just maybe I'll make just put his stick through the snare and they've broken the string or something. And they're changing some shit. And I was like, this is really weird. Like you don't change the cymbals when you're changing a snare. You don't touch the cymbals. You just bring the snare on, put the mic on, and off you go. Little did I realize Travis Barker's coming out right. to play three songs, play a couple of songs with H2O. So they play a song, Travis Barker comes out. And then they play the next song, and Scott Vogel from Terror comes out and sings a part that Freddie Madball would sing from his song Guilty by Association. Freddie Madball comes, oh, sorry, Scott Vogel from Terror comes out and sings his part. And then in the last song, Matt Skiba comes out and sings his part on a on a song that they're going to close with. So it was this, you know, pop punk, melodic hardcore, like whatever. Like it was this fucking wet dream. List, yeah. yeah, it was just wet dream performance in front of me. Yeah. And then the Bad Brains played. Yeah. And then some cool shit happened after the show, but that's neither here nor there. But like, it wasn't this show. It was well, so we went, that's when we went to Kyle Gass's house for a party. Right. That's that like we went from Bad Brains to Kyle Gass's house for a party. So yeah. that, and that's another thing which we won't even worry about getting into. But like you know they've been at some of my favorite shows I've ever played at. Like I remember, yeah, they've, they've played a bunch of amazing shows, and and so that was the nostalgia thing. It was like fuck, they haven't been out in ages. They were meant to come out and it cancelled. I was like, this is great. Like we on that beach when that pool top. Yeah, we're pl- we we watched them play at a rooftop pool party. Yeah. Well, and that's with- that like getting back just quickly to those club shows. Like I mean, that is the club show, right? Like yeah. getting to see a band in an intimate setting that not everyone can go to because not everyone is quick enough to get a ticket and that's okay. Yep. It doesn't have to be you know, let's let's fit as many people into these yeah. this venue or let's let's change the venue so more people can go because it's not as fun. It's yeah. not the experience. And the experience is having that chance. Yeah. Especially when you've been at a festival with thousands of yeah. people all day. Where anyone to go and everyone can just turn to up. just a select group that yeah. really wants to see this. Yeah. You know, is gonna be there at one o'clock in the morning when the band comes on stage yep. with a hundred people that are just as excited. Yeah. Like I know we had that conversation in regards to I guess you're reflecting to the um or alluding to the Pennywise show. Yeah. Um they were meant to play a small club. Yeah. It sold out pretty quick. They decided to, instead of putting it at a venue, yeah. they just put it on the second stage Yeah, and sold probably four times as many tickets. At least. Yeah, like I saw the beauty in both of those because it's kind of hard. Like I loved that, that show that when the bands were playing that I didn't want to see, the bunch of us were right down the back. Yeah hanging out we could have a conversation it yeah was it wasn't loud yeah like had i been in a venue that would have been a deterrent i would have been like fuck like, but you just show up late but i had to watch drug church yeah right and then there was two bands yeah, in between, right, right, so right. that would have fucked me all right. right probably would have been on time though so i would have caught them <laughs> but you know but so the beauty of that but yeah then the beauty of hey no these 400 people here yeah with that forward thinking that they knew they had to be yeah knew, like they had to be there and that's also beautiful. That's also a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, so I think yeah, it's finding I, the line between that. Yeah, I think yeah. having that H that H two O experience absolutely. Yeah. Can, you know, one of the contributing factors, big contributing factors, was it was a smaller group. Yeah. Right. Very much so. Yeah. Can, smaller area. Yep. 
different from the rest of the festival. For people who wanted who wanted to be yeah. who had to be there. Yeah. yeah, and both shows were like that. Yeah, very you much. Know, both so. the free rooftop and then the, the, the club paid show club show after. Twelve hours later, yeah. they played at one o'clock yeah. p.m. Yeah, and, and then played at one a.m. Yeah, twelve hours later, Good which is them. fucking wild. Good on them. Yeah, they had the beauty. They had the benefit of having a nap. Yeah, you we did not. Yeah, we yeah. didn't nap. So we're not rock stars though. No, that's true. Okay, your last number five. So, if you get anything from the Hi Fives podcast, it's new music. It's banter. Yeah. And the benefit of also <laughs> new music. So, Nate said to me, You've got to come and watch this band. They're called The Drowns. I knew nothing. He gave you, you like, I remember you, your description was nothing like I thought they would be, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. But if you had to pitch it as what I'm going to pitch it as, okay. I wouldn't have gone. Right. Right. So, like, you used use Chuck Reagan, I think, or against me. What did you- Yeah, I said, it's not like hot water and it's yeah. not like against me, but if they got together, yep. it's like maybe a child they would have. Okay. So I'd, I'd describe it as a, like the singer of the Menzingers. Okay. But he grew up, instead of growing up on against me, grew up on listening to like Oi- Okay. Like shaved head oyster. Yeah, okay. So it's still got that kind of, that pop sensibility. Yeah. And that simple song structure. Yeah. From an oi background. Okay. But I wouldn't have gone, if you had have said that, I would have gone, no, I'll just miss it. Don't right. worry about it. But watching it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, and like, again, it was like, wow, this is, I took someone's word on it because they swore by it. And I, I was definitely not disappointed. Awesome. Like, so that were also fantastic. Um, and you know, yeah, just like probably won't ever come out to Australia. Like, there's no real, yeah. Like, they, I mean, fuck, they might in three years' time, they might be the next Menzingers, right? Or however the fuck you pronounce it. And they might come, they might get signed to Epitaph and then come out with Pennywise because that's what when the Menzingers came out, that was their first tour. It's like show. aluminium, yeah, right? aluminium, or yeah, <laughs> not that I say it that way, I say it like you the way you say it, but. So, yeah, it was great to see the drowns and be like, wow, there's still new music out there. That's cool. By people still giving it a crack. Like, don't know how old they are. I can only assume that. I would guess mid-20s, late 20s. I would have said late to early 30s. Yeah, late okay. 20s, early 30s. But, like, it's just great. There's still people having a go at it. Like, you know, the the and, and it's a weird double-edged sword with, like, music today because – it's so accessible and so easy to write music and so easy to get your your material out there, right? But then it's so much harder to make the living off it. Oh, yeah. So, it's impossible. So it's like anyone can do it, but not everyone wants to, to do it. Yeah. So like it's just great watching a band come and play at, fuck what, like hypothetically four o'clock on a stacked, a day with a fucking stacked lineup yeah um and just going like no this is where we want to be right now yeah like, we want to be doing this and we and you just they just ooze with appreciation yeah from the second they started and i felt they were drug trips too from the second they started to the second they walked off stage they were just like we are really trying like we just need to be doing this yeah and you know and we appreciate every second because there's a lot more other things you could be doing than being here right now. Yeah. The, like, fuck, those side show bands, those, like the small stage bands were playing like, the earlier ones were playing like 20 minutes. It would take you 20 minutes to get a beer. Yeah. 
Like, and people would think nothing of that. Yeah. So like, hey, you know what? How about don't get a beer? Watch this band. Like, it would mean the world. Yeah. Because there's so many other easier things you could be doing. Like, there's fucking tons of art to look at, tons of merch to look at, tons of food to eat, big bands playing in five minutes, you know, a couple of minutes time that you might want to go check out. But no, no, I'm going to, this, you have my undivided attention for 20 minutes. I'm going to give it to you. And they just lapped it up. So yeah, yeah. those guys. I like that list. Yeah, it's a, it's a list. solid list. Yeah. Again, and and the the, um, you know, first cab off the rank to substitute in anywhere on that list besides one big stage slash one small stage <laughs> is the hives. Yeah. They would have to make it. Yeah, we'll see how they go. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, thank you so much for this. Not a problem. This, I mean, this trip has been so good. It's this it's trip been has been amazing. A trip. Yeah. yeah. And yep. like to do this, it's unbelievable. <laughs>